Hello and welcome to Horror Culture Trash Oven, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash to pieces of genre cinema. My name's Chris. And I'm Gary. And this week we bring you another one of our summer scares. Summer screams. Summer screams. <laughs> Love this theme, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Very memorable for me. Um, yeah, we bring you another one. A really strange film. Very yeah. weird film. Um, another one where I just typed the word summer horror into the search and it came up and, oh, that looks interesting and went for it. And, um, what we found was a fucking weird film. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the film's called The Monster of Camp Sunshine or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Nature from 1964. Um, that title, obviously a play on Doctor Strange Love. Yeah. Didn't Ray Dennis Steckler get... Ray Dennis Steckler got a lawsuit for um, the Incredible Strange Creatures uh, who stopped living and became mixed up zombies. Arguably less of a ripoff than this name. (laughs) Yes. But I think that just goes to show how under the radar this film was. Yeah, this is an obscure one. This is definitely an obscure one. It's... There's probably reasons for it being obscure. <laughs> but, you know, all of our Summer Screams episodes are voted for by your listeners. Yeah. And you guys voted for this, so either morbid curiosity on your end, or, you know, you just, you, you all love this film. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you must have done some research before voting, or yeah. just that which one sounded the more interesting out yeah. of the two titles. But yeah, this is this is the one. Well, this is definitely a case of a bunch of friends getting together and making a film and yeah. just having a fun time with it. Because uh-huh. it's written and directed by Ferenc Luriget. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's his only film. Yeah. It's the only film. Um, unknown budget. No idea oh, how much it made. The budget probably... Probably doesn't exist. $100. They probably made it for nothing. Yeah. Um, I mean, reportedly, the filmmakers were New York hipsters who made this as a joke. Mm. Uh, the monster is really, obviously, you know, a crazy mutated gardener. So don't expect an actual monster. Yes. And the camp is really someone's backyard. They wanted to film a monster movie and spend time with naked women. Well, that's that's exactly that's, what this is. That's what it, it is. Does, does um, sum this up, and not just fair. naked women. Um, no, no. There's there's a bit of everything in here, and it's quite. I mean, really surprised me for 1964. Um, yeah, I suppose. Um, it, it, no one really goes all the way. I, I did you watch the same film? Close up. Well, not close up. Not no, like, but everyone goes. <laughs> no. Everyone goes all the way. Yeah, and just you just don't get any zoom ins. Or... No, it's it, it's not clear. No. <laughs> if you if you know what I'm talking about. No, um, but 1964 nudity in film had it been done by this point? It's... Yeah, I believe so. So this is very much in keeping with the nudist films of the time and slightly earlier. So before there was sort of hardcore pornography or even really softcore pornography because there was no sex involved mm. you had these nudist films yeah um there's some famous ones that off the top of my head i cannot remember uh doris wishman i think did a few i 
think Russ Meyer did a oh, few course, at the beginning. Um, where it was very much here's some naked people, but they don't actually touch each other. Yeah. They, you know, so it, it's not sexualized. It's kind of th- this one, not so much, but a lot of them sort of pretended to kind of be um, educational. Yeah. As a way of getting around sensors and getting around. This is educational. It, it teaches you not to drink random chemicals. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. But I'm like, here's the anatomy of the female body. Look. Yeah. You know, and it was a, a very much in keeping with that. So this, I feel, is very much a parody of that. Making it into a horror film. Yeah. A low budget, you know, very, very, very low budget horror film. Well, I would ask if you want to talk about who's in this. But for this week only, the section's called, Hey, I actually don't know you because you're only in this film. Yeah. Hey, you know, where did you go? Yeah. Where are you? Those top acting skills just wasted. Where are you, James Gatsby? Where are you, Deborah Spray? Yeah. Natalie Dressed, Harrison Pebbles. Well, Natalie wasn't dressed, by all accounts. Yeah. No one was. A good portion of this film. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, with, with that being said, let's get to our feature presentation. an homage to silent film yes yeah so it's black and white and you have these um oh what do they call i, I don't think this is a it's specific what, word yeah for it's what's them. used for explaining what's happening in silent so like a caption dialogue yes yeah. if anybody knows it's i, I swear I, I looked it up and it was just like caption card yeah so we'll refer to it as a caption card so you, so you get this card come up at the beginning and it says the motion picture that follows is a fable in it there are many nudists but only one monster in life it is generally the other way around absolutely no idea what that means (laughs) there are many nude there are many monsters but only one nudist (laughs) okay that's that's is that deep i think yeah yeah (laughs) talking about the state of the world all those monsters and not enough naked people um, we get a montage of scientist pictures, nudist camps, and other random shit during this. This is just the film. I didn't realize yeah. that so much of this is just the film that we're about yeah. to watch. I got very of confused course is, yeah. by all the scientist still photos. Yeah, and what I thought was somebody jumping out of a window. <laughs> um, it makes more sense after you've watched the film. Yeah, and, and then it's and then we get New York. <laughs> <laughs> and then establishing shots of the city like it's a silent movie. So it is set in New York. Was it filmed in New York? Who knows? And, and like, Who knows? It gives you the title of the film twice, just in case you forgot it, it the does. first time. <laughs> Not that you forget a title like this. Uh, a girl with a very obvious wig has a cigarette and puts it out before putting on a vinyl that seemingly has her narration on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah um... <laughs> 
So we meet Claire and Marta, who are roommates. So Claire is our narrator. She's our yeah. main girl. Uh, both smoking Marlboros in bed. And like Gary says, Claire puts on a uh, a vinyl and does a little bit of narration. But it, it, the way it's timed, it <laughs> yeah. looks like her narration is on the record. Um, she says, my name's Claire, Claire Conway. Marta and I were matched up by an IBM machine, by a roommate service. And although I was going to be a model and Sue was a nurse, who the fuck is Sue? No idea who Sue this is. is one of, <laughs> this, this is one of those things that should have been corrected, because who the fuck is Sue? I'm assuming she means Marta. Uh, and Sue was a nurse and research assistant at the hospital. They had... <laughs> They had us paired off right down in the last detail. It's like, okay, how was that paired to the last detail? The completely different jobs. <laughs> wow. We even smoked the same kind of cigarette. <laughs> now, she then goes on to say, in New York City, while just getting up in the morning is an adventure, this is the story of one of those adventures. <laughs> it's giving me Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. It's definitely monster sex in the sea. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm living for it. I'm living for the sunglasses. I'm living for the wig. Um, I'm living for the Marlboros in bed, the playing your own voice on a vinyl. It, it's camp. It's camp. Yeah. Um, Marta asks Claire to change the record. A bit rude. As she's feeling a little on edge after watching two ghastly horror films the previous <laughs> evening. Marta smashes a mirror while getting ready for work. And Claire is bitten by her cat. <laughs> Claire suggests that Marta uh, probably watched the monsters from the hairy planet and Dracula meets the Beatles um, in a way of cheering her up, apparently. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know how that works, but okay. Is it a joke? <laughs> right, okay. But they've got a bit of bad luck, haven't they? They've got a bit of bad luck, yeah. Claire tells us about Marta's job at the hospital, where she works in the laboratory where animals are tested on. Um, she believes it's against the laws of nature and worries that something will go wrong one day. Yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, understandable. I mean, it's understandable. She just predicted the rest of the film. Yeah, yeah. No, she's she's right to say so, so too. She's, she's got the right to uh, say that. We then join Claire at her way more glamorous job well, as, she calls as a it, model. As she calls it, her romantic job. Her romantic job. Uh, she, to paraphrase, and I, I didn't quite get this down fully, but I feel like mine's better than it actually was in the film. Here I am living my best life, modelling for $50, and on the other side of town, Marta is having a really shit day. <laughs> yeah, she loves a job uh, as a model. And apparently to the narration, we'll soon find out how she became comfortable with going nude for the job. Yeah. So much of this film is made up of her narration telling us what's going to happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because she speaks of people's hangups regarding nudity and how she can't afford to have those as a model. No. Uh, we then, of course, watch her getting undressed and then dressed again in a high end wide leg jumpsuit, <laughs> which I'm living for. I'm living for it. Um, I love her photo shoot. I'm I'm absolutely here for that. I want the prints framed and put in our living room. Uh huh. Like she's just on the roof, just smoking. That's yeah, it. she is. Yeah, yeah. Looking moody and smoking. I don't. I mean, that's a fake backdrop, isn't it? Um, I feel it's a fake backdrop. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it was real. Mm. I didn't get fake from it. 
No. No, really? Yeah, no, no. I, I think it may have actually been a roof. Oh, okay. The Empire State Building one may have been fake. Yeah. Oh, is that, that one's later, that's isn't it? Later on, oh, yeah. I'm getting yeah. them mixed up. My apologies. The the slage was just too big. I, I got confused. We get another caption card that says their killer instincts are unleashed. And then we launch into uh, rats escaping their cages. Yeah, I got a little confused. I thought they were mice. Yeah. But they are white rats. They, they are white rats, yeah. And they get loose and they well, seemingly thrown at Marta. <laughs> they, they <straight laughs> Friday up, the yeah. 13th Part 2 they style. straight up attack Marta. Um, we get another caption card saying help. And then the, the rats seemingly, in a bizarre series of events, they push Marta out of the window. <laughs> where she yeah. clings on for life uh, until her colleague saves her. Yeah, essentially. So this is what happened earlier. I, I'm still not sure w- w- how this relates to the still photography from the beginning, the credits. But it is kind of in keeping with that. Like, Marta's like, oh, rats! And then next thing you know, she's out the window, mm-hmm. hanging on for dear life. Um, It's not Spider-Man that saves her, unfortunately. No, it's not. Um, We get a random conversation where Laurie who also works at the modelling agency, tells Claire she's never comfortable going nude. Yeah, yeah. After Well, the photographer says to Claire, Claire, there's a bathing suit in there. It's topless. <laughs> um, we don't see this shoot just yet. No. Which is for a men's magazine. Um, but, you know, it's clear that Claire has no issue with the idea of wearing a topless swimsuit. Uh, Laurie, the secretary, does... And um, she says, oh, no, I, I couldn't get nude in front of anyone. Yes, I just find it difficult. <laughs> Claire gets home and Marta is hysterical. She about is, what bless her. Understandably, too. So she does what we all do in that situation. Starts eating her feelings away. She does. She does. If a rat had pushed me out the window, I'd be in my feelings too. Claire's like, we need to go on a holiday. We we need to sort this shit out. You know, we've broken mirror. Cats have attacked me. You've had a shit day at work. Let's let's go on a holiday. So she goes through some magazines talking about a nudist uh, community, and she's like, oh no, that's not for me. Marta reveals that after all this time knowing her, which she, she may have, you know, she could have mentioned before. Now she's like, oh well. I'll tell you all about Camp Sunshine. It's a nudist beach run by my friend Susanna. Well, this is a flashback. Yeah, but she tells her all about so, it. Yeah. She's so they, they, they it. want to... So after the rat pushed her out the window, she then... They're like, let's go on holiday to cheer us up. Oh, yes. And they're going to go Camp Sunshine. And then um, Claire has her flashback to when she first discovered that Marta was a nudist. So Marta discovers the nudist magazines and doesn't know what a nudist is until Marta explains Uh it to her. And she says, uh, Marta says, there are billions of nudists in the world have their own time on nudist beaches, places where they can get out in the sun and away from all the prudes on the world, on the world. Uh, You know, Claire, you're kind of a prude. (laughs) I am. How do you expect to get a break in modeling if you're afraid to show your body? Okay. 
That's very nineteen. Yeah, I mean that's very old fashioned. But it okay. is. I mean, um, it's true for the time. Marta, she she just feels better about seeing all the healthy bodies. Uh, she does in comparison to all the sick bodies that she's always around at work. Which is, I mean, that's understandable. You know, it is, and I, I think the film doesn't. I don't think it actually parodies nudism. No, um, I actually do think it it's respectful to nudism. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't make fun of it, which is surprising considering it's a, a monster movie yeah. <laughs> slash nudist movie. Um, yes, you know, of course, the, the main purpose is to show naked women, but it never makes fun of any of it. No. Um, Marta says it was good. She's oh, Then this is where it confused me with my notes, because it's <laughs> Claire... Reciting what Marta said. Yeah. <laughs> so then the quotes I've got down are from Claire's point of view. But why didn't Marta just say them? I know. This did annoy me a little <laughs> bit in the film. <laughs> so it was, it was good, she said, to accept your own body and others' peoples. And before we knew it, we were on our way to Camp Sunshine. And then we cut to the ladies arriving at Camp Sunshine in a convertible. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a nude man playing croquet and some sunbathers. Their cabin is, yeah, um, it's nice. Could do with a lick of paint. Uh, the bu- your budget's showing, honey. But it's their back garden. So yeah, it's, your it budget's showing. It kind of looks like it was someone's back house <laughs> and they've had to move stuff out and just throw a bed in there, but that's fine. And uh, there are a few nude people walking about um, and really it's it's breasts and buttocks that are on display. Yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, for everyone on set, they'd have seen everything. But for us, it's just uh, back in the back at the bottom, top at the front. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so there's a fully dressed gardener, which we'll soon learn is is Hugo, Susan's half brother, Susanna. Susanna, yeah. So Claire is she's feeling a certain type of way about nudism. Yeah. She's not quite there yet. So she has a cigarette. And actually quickly finds the courage, because this is only a short film, finds the courage to strip in the cabin. Uh, But she hides herself with a towel outside until she sees Marta and the camp owner, Marta's friend, Susanna York. No, not that Susanna York. (laughs) If if you know, you know. Um, Suddenly, she says, it all seemed so natural. (laughs) So all she needed to do, just completely convert it to nudism, just walk outside... Everyone else is naked. That's it. Yeah. She's a nudist now. Well, I mean, full time nudist. Is that not the best way to get over anxieties? Is to well, just do it. I mean, I didn't know it worked that quickly. I mean, she literally when she leaves here, she goes recommending it to everyone. So she did it's... when. Yeah, I mean, it's a short film, honey. It, it doesn't even get close to the hour and a half mark. No, it, <laughs> we need to get this swiftly done. It made her feel alive for the first <laughs> time. Um, Hugo gets an introduction, and uh, Claire reveals she was drawn mm. to him. Before admitting she never thought of him ever again. <laughs> yeah. In the same breath, Claire says that he has learning difficulties. But then also says that he gives her the creeps. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. She's, she's, but, I mean, it's the way she closes the sentence. She's like, well, I never really thought of him again. I just want to have a nice time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm sorry this man and his issues... Are ruining your time. He hasn't even <laughs> spoken to you. Her. I know. 
I don't, yeah, how do he does, he hasn't said anything, he hasn't done anything, like, how is she judging him, and, like, what she thinks he has wrong with him, just from looking at him? Exactly. Uh, we then get a few shots of mainly Claire, Marta, and Susanna sunbathing, and flying a kite, and then taking a dip in the lake with a couple of gentlemen friends. It's very clear that they're uh, going to great efforts to make sure no genitalia is shown. <laughs> um, uh, although it's, from afar, it's clear to see that Bush is yeah. Office. Yeah. Definitely in office. Um, Marta's boss discusses how they have chemicals that sends rats crazy. <laughs> and it could be deadly if it was consumed by humans. He might as well have just looked at the camera and gave a wink. Because, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Dr. Harrison, he's like, those chemicals that were sitting on the shelf were, it was a million to one shot, some combination of hormones, some combination of vicious substances that made... I'm, I'm overdoing this, by the way. Yeah. He doesn't sound like this. <laughs> that made the animals vicious, inhuman. I don't think it could ever happen again. And I don't think the great surgeon in the sky that it happened to rats and didn't happen to human beings. So this, you know, this chemical is important not to get out there, not to get to anyone at all. So what does he do? <laughs> he disposes of it in the river. And he throws it into a fucking river. Like, oh my god, okay, maybe just like keep it in, keep it in a locked cupboard somewhere. If it's so dangerous, then maybe don't throw it into a river. Exactly. It's not actually really mentioned what it's it was intended for. No. Like what what is the reason what is the reason? It's there for plot purposes. Yeah. Um so yeah, he throws it in the Hudson River within a jar. So he puts it in a jar and puts it down in the river. And then we get the silent film caption card again. And it says, the fickle currents of fate have a different plan. The next day, upstream. Yeah, then we get a fisherman. We do. Um, he finds a hot water bottle. He finds a hot water bottle, and yes. a flat tyre. Yes. And then the chemicals jar. Ah, uh, there we go. What a day of fishing. What a day was. of fishing. And this is a long scene. Much longer than it had any right to be. <laughs> It just feel like they've made up time. Yeah. Uh, we get another card saying, several hours later, not far from Camp Sunshine, the same fisherman goes fishing again and accidentally knocks the jar into a lake, causing the chemicals to spill into it. And that's where I could... Like, what, what was the reason for all that? <laughs> so the idea is Dr. Harrison has put it in the river. It's gone downstream to then be fished out. Yeah. And then just moved slightly... Mm-hmm. Slightly more, should I say, upstream, and that's it. So that's where Hugo finds and opens the jar, and drinks its contents, which seemingly burn his face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, slightly. <laughs> it, it's, it's doesn't do a lot. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It, it budget constraints. Yeah. Let's put it down to budget constraints. So, despite no communication from Susanna, Marta, and Claire, they, uh, uh, excuse me, despite no communication from Susanna, Marta and Claire decide to visit Camp Sunshine that weekend anyway. Can you imagine not hearing from someone that you plan to go see and then you just show up? Yeah. Like, maybe don't go. I'd be fuming if someone did that to us. Wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. Just came and, oh, are you free, love? To host us for the weekend. Yeah. And and the best part is they go there and well before they get there, um, they they go about their lives not knowing about what's happened, um, and uh, Claire calls Ken to tell him she's now a nudist. She's like, 
Oh yeah, so hi, uh, hi, modeling agency boss. I'm now a new, <laughs> just, just casually, like that. But doesn't um, he call her? No, she calls him. I thought he called her to say, oh, you're going Camp Sunshine this weekend. Wouldn't it be nice to take Laurie? No, because she tells him about Camp Sunshine. Oh. Um, she First of all, she says she's happy to do the uh, topless photo shoot. And then that's when Ken's like, oh, can uh, Laurie go along with you next time you go? And uh, Claire doesn't really give a straight answer. She's just like, yeah, we're going again next week. Well, that's not really answering this question. <laughs> yeah, but then Ken ends up going as well. Um, he does. Marta finds herself... It's, it's also a very strange thing to sign your secretary up for. <laughs> like, it would do her some good. It's like, well, how is her not wanting to get undressed yes. in front of people affecting her work as your secretary? Like, what, well, you know... That's highly inappropriate. Marta uh, finds herself falling in love with Dr. Harrison, but as Claire explains in the narration, it would take an act of fate before he visits Camp Sunshine. I love how they make it sound like it's like a mandatory thing that everyone has to go to Camp Sunshine like at some point in their lives. I mean, everybody does. Do, everybody in the film pretty much well, does. Yeah. That's what I mean. I, want, I don't think it's real, is it? Claire does her topless photo shoot on the edge of the top of a building uh, that is opposite the Empire State Building, and she is slaying. Like she is. Oh my god! It's one of the most camp things I've ever seen. It, the um, bathing suit isn't topless to begin with. No. But she does a turn. She adjusts it, adjusts it with her back to the audience, like she's lip syncing for the crown, and then does the big reveal. Um, yeah, it's a serve, it's high camp, it's gorgeous, yeah. she looks stunning, she looks so cool with her sunglasses and that wig. Um, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely here for it. Um, the painted backdrop even adds more to the mm -hmm. campness of the yeah. whole thing. So then we get another card which says, Camp Sunshine, here we come. They know not what awaits them. <laughs> And they all arrive at Camp Sunshine. So it's Claire, Marta, Laurie, and Ken, the photographer. Yeah. Um, Marta, Laurie, and Susanna all look the exact same at this point. Oh, my God. Okay. They've all put on the same wig. Disclaimer. There are three blonde women in this film who have exactly the same hairdo. <laughs> wig. Wig. It's, it's Dusty Springfield, the house yeah. down boots. Um, and it's so confusing. So I, I'm sure you're not going to message us and say, well, I so-and-so was in that scene or whatnot. But it may get a little confusing. So yeah. uh, apologies if they're like, if, if this makes no sense to you. But this they, is... they get there, yeah. don't they? Susanna is nowhere to be found. So they just keep on shouting Susanna. Um, Hugo is now deformed and he's in a cabin. And uh, he hears them and... You know, I don't know. He reacts. Well, <laughs> kind of reacts. But the thing is, they... <laughs> I don't know how he reacts. He just reacts. But this is what I was talking about a minute ago. They get there, and the first thing they do, apart from shouting her name a bit, is they all strip off and start having a barbecue. Course, yeah. So like, oh, there's no sign of her. Let's just get, let's, let's just, just get fucking naked. Yeah. Like she could be seriously hurt somewhere. Uh, she's not. She's making food for Hugo. So he's been locked in a cabin. And Susanna's taken him some food. 
She doesn't look concerned about this. She at doesn't all, really. She... she really doesn't. It's it's yeah. It's just like any other day to her. Really, <laughs> I don't know how long has passed since he drank from the jar. No. Um. Confusedly, he's not been to a doctor. No. Um. If he was violent, wouldn't he have been violent against Susanna? Anyway, so I'm I'm a little confused. Yeah. Like it's only him and Susanna. Uh-huh. And with all due respect, you know, he's a large man and she's uh, a petite woman. And if he's gone insane and he's the monster of Camp Sunshine, I don't see her tying him up. Do you know what well, I well, You know, if, if he's as violent, if he's as violent as he's going to be, I know it's trying to find a uh, reason in some, you know, a cheap B-movie, but... You know, that's how my brain works. They, they, they didn't think about it at all, it's fine. Laurie fucks off for a stroll. And this is who we assume, I assume to be Laurie. So she fucks off for a stroll by herself while Ken, Claire and Marta strip at the van. And they set up a picnic as the banjo plays uh, what I thought was Pop Goes the Weasel. <laughs> was it Pop Goes the Weasel? It may have been. So some free m- music, royalty free music on uh, the banjo. So Laurie finds Susanna and she joins them at the van and Susanna strips off too. Um, what I'm getting from this is assuming, because there's no dialogue, is that Laurie is still too prudish to take off her clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and it's, it's confusing because they're all wearing sunglasses as well. So she is the dressed one. Mm-hmm. Out of everyone, but she strips off when she goes uh, goes off on her own. She does, her yes, yeah. Uh, Hugo is he's now broken out of his chains somehow, and he's finding his way towards her when he accidentally stands on a bear trap, and we get a caption card saying the monster retreats to lick his wounds. Meanwhile, yeah, <laughs> Susanna's like my brother's a monster. She explains to Marta what happened and uh, tells her not to tell the others. Because it spoiled Claire's birthday party. Like, what? When was <laughs> like, it Claire's birthday? I know, yeah. So there's like a monster on the loose. Could murder everyone. It's like, well, we don't want to ruin a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Marta does put two and two together, though, doesn't she? Straight yeah. away. And calls Dr. Harrison, who will be there in less than an hour with the antidote. Yeah. So she realises straight away that it's whatever was fed to the rat that drop kicked her out a window. Um, strangely... The army are also called. Yeah. And this is the most definite parody of Dr. Strangelove. Uh-huh. Um, because it is a Peter Sellers-alike kind of guy. He goes, a, a monster in a nudist camp? <laughs> and then we get, happy birthday, Claire, on the um. Well, we get the car. First we get the forces of violence are summoned when she calls Harrison. And then after the guy in the army is called... It's the forces of mercy. Speed to the rescue. The serum is on its way. Hooray. Uh, yeah, Claire and the gang are all nude and playing with sparklers. Fucking dangerous game. <laughs> oh my god. You put Claire, she's got all these candles on the cake. And uh, yeah, they're all holding sparklers. And they dangerously close to, um, you know, bare skin. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Hugo finds Marta and attacks her with an axe, but 
because of budget reasons, this doesn't kill her and there's very, very little blood. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, he finds the others and attacks them too, but they fight back with food and glasses. Yes. Dr. Harrison parachutes out of a plane. He does. Uh, we get a caption card saying the monster has no heart for a fight. Well, I mean, he's got a funny way of showing that. <laughs> Ken manages to put his underwear on to start shooting <laughs> with a gun because, you, you know. You need a few close ups. You can't, you can't have, yeah. Um, can't have his willy whacker in the, uh, in the film, can you? Um, we then get, for no apparent reason, stock footage of soldiers in battle. <laughs> Ken then starts throwing grenades as well as shooting. Amata says hello to Dr. Harrison, who has now landed after parachuting and put on a lab coat before yeah. she collapses. Um, it is absolutely bizarre. It's so over the top. Stupid. And just so many random clips and things thrown together to make it look like there's this massive battle going on just against this gardener. I guess this one guy, this one poor bloke. Who just drank the wrong thing and probably should have gotten the help at the hospital. Yeah. I mean, I'm not being funny. If uh, Susanna had just sent him to the hospital, uh-huh. like she should have, then word would have gotten to Dr. Harrison yeah. and it would have been resolved. And uh-huh. had the antidote. Yeah. You got another caption card that says, Alas, it is too late. He is, definite- he is defeated by the very violence he engendered. Yeah. Then lots of stock footage again of military. Yeah, there's the they're still shooting him. around um, in it, the dark. And now they're they're running around in the dark, aren't they? Uh-huh. And uh, Ken's still shooting that gun. Nothing's happening to Hugo, by the way. He's just standing <laughs> no, there. No, he's just standing there. It's it's, uh, it's a bit much, to be honest. A bit much. A bit much. Um, but that's good. I mean, that's what I wanted from the story. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't expect this much. <laughs> no. It's just one big over-the-top war zone. No progress is being made. And then it's the next day. Everyone's fully clothed, and they discover a rock with blood on it. And was it a rock? I got it so was a rock. I thought it was like half a tennis ball. It was a rock. I thought it was meant to be like. I oh, was it okay? There was nothing had he, to spend money. Doctor Harrison says that's all that's left of the monster of Camp Sunshine. Yeah, I think he's referring to his blood that splattered on the rock. Oh, I thought it was meant to be like part of his no. skull or something. Um, no, <laughs> not quite. I just thought a bit harsh, mate. His sister's like right there. <laughs> yeah, she's not bothered no. by this. Oh, yeah, she is. Sorry, she has a cry. Um, whilst Harrison attempts covering the rock with some dirt. Really half assed attempt. He's just like kicking a little bit of dirt at it. The other girls are trying to hold back laughter. <laughs> like, they're, yeah. they're just trying not to laugh. Uh, and we get a card saying for this Hardy band, there is no time for sadness. The sun is out and the show must go on. <laughs> So they all begin to strip off again. Like, where her brother fucking died, they all begin to strip off whilst Harrison does his best to completely cover this rock with dirt. Um, He then takes his clothes off. Well, he takes his lab coat off. He does. And then we find out he's naked underneath. He links arms with Marta, and they all walk off into the woods together, and we get cards saying, The Monster of Camp Sunshine, R.I.P. The End. A brief summary of the movie follows uh, of the of the movie for those of us who wish to relive its magic moments, and because they hadn't reached even like an hour and ten minutes by this point, we see a a flashback of the entire film. Yeah, like a montage of everything that happened. Yeah, but kind of it's out of order. Yeah, it doesn't quite match uh-huh. up to the no. plot. 
Um, it's I think it's obviously clearly a way to recap the female nudity yeah. rather than the film itself uh-huh. or the story. Um, but yeah, that's the monster of Camp Sunshine or how I learned to stop worrying and love nature. Did it make you stop worrying and learn to love nature? Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. I never I never stopped loving nature. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's is it something that I'm going to remember in a, in a year's time? Probably not. But I had fun with it. It's yeah, it, it's a fun film. It's a wacky film. It's stupid. It doesn't go on for too long. No. Um, there, if if you're not just in it for the TNA, there's there's fun to be had still. I mean, yeah, it's not a groundbreaking masterpiece. Yeah, I mean, it's, so. it's really honestly not a lot, not a lot to be said about it. It just it does exactly what it needs to do. I mean, I it does more than it needs to do, especially with that final battle. But for the most part, it's just one of those over. Like if you've got some, if you've got a short amount of time, you want to watch a film that's fun and mm. entertaining. And has a war zone to take down one guy, then this is this is your film. Yeah, it's not really much to say. <laughs> I do apologise. Yeah, thanks for the votes, guys. <laughs> um, AI could, chose could have been it. To, could have been talking about Spirit Camp. I, I did. I did choose it. Oh, um, Spirit Camp. So let's get to the awards. Yes, biggest queen. I have a tie um, oh. because I mean, how can you decide between Claire and Marta? Well, I did go for Claire myself. Ooh. Just for the modelling. Claire the model. Getting $50 a day. I mean, Marta sold the mystery in like a few seconds. So she, well, think. Marta was also part of the reason. That's true. That's she, true. You know, she may have been dead set against it, but she was still cashing those checks from the hospital. That, that is true. Biggest gasp, I have Marta being attacked by the rats and nearly fallen to her death from the window. Yeah, Master Splinter. <laughs> Kicking Marta out the window, yeah. definitely. Uh, best dialogue? What do you have? That's all that's left of the monster of Camp Sunshine. Okay. I'm going to go with your paraphrase about how oh. she's having a great day at work. <laughs> she's having a great day at work and uh, Marta's having a shit day. So does that mean I win? Yeah. Here I am living my best life modelling for $50. And on the other side of town, Marta is having a really shit day. I mean, it's not that far from what was actually it's said. Not, yeah. So it's not, yeah. That wins for me. It's all in the delivery. And that's camp. I've got Claire's topless photo shoot on the edge of a building opposite the Empire State Building. Absolutely. High camp. And ratings, I give it six naked barbecues out of ten. I give it six nipples positioned dangerously close to open flames out <laughs> of ten. Um, masterpiece, trash piece, trash or basic. I wouldn't say it's bad. But I would say it's a trash to piece. I feel like by design, though. Yeah, I mean it is. I mean it's trashy. I feel like they set out to make it that way. Yeah, it, it's meant to be a comedy. It is meant to be a silly. Yeah. Comedy. And if you want to check it out yourself, it's available on Plex, American Video on Demand, and American Blu-ray through AGFA. And if you enjoyed this, I recommend checking out a film with a much more serious tone, but also by a lake with nudists. Strange by the lake. Strange by the lake. There's no no monster in it, but I mean, well, it depends how you look at it. Yeah. Um, I really struggled, so I agree with Gary. Stranger by the lake. Yeah, there's I not just, there's not a lot like this. I I would assume this is kind of the first nudist it, film, the nudist film that we've watched. So if you enjoyed this, then watch the others, the Doris Wishman yeah. or the the Russ Meyer films. We haven't seen them, so we might watch. We've them. seen some Russ Meyer. 
Yeah, we have, but not not these nudist films. No. Um, so yeah, no, g- give them a go. Just you know, usually recommended would be us recommending something we've watched. Yeah. So this is the f- kind of the first of its kind that that we've sat down and, and, and watched. So. Yeah. Um, if you've seen this film, if you're one of the handful of people who've seen it, then talk to us on social media. We're Horacle Trash Ever on Facebook and Instagram. Horacle Trash on Twitter, and now. Horacle <gasps> Trash Ever on TikTok. Wow. Where we're sharing very professional clips of sections of our episodes. What do we in Shinner Eastern have in common? Modern girls. We, we are. We are. And of course, Fred's. Everyone everyone forgot about Fred's after two days, but we're still on there. Still uh, yeah, but are people going back after this whole X thing? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We may, we may not be on Twitter for much longer. Yeah. Um... Give us, uh, uh, yeah, I'm Dead Gas 92 on Letterboxd, Gasmo205 on Instagram, GasCruise92 on Twitter. I'm ChrisBarker823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. And give us a rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, like a follow on everything else. That brings us to the end of what's possibly our shortest episode ever. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, I think The Beast of Bunny was about the same length, but this is better than The oh Beast God, of Bunny. Oh my god, this is way better than The Beast of Bunny. So, oh my god. Can't complain. Can't complain. If you'd set aside a fair bit of time to listen to us, go back and listen to The Beast of Bunny episode because yeah. I fucking hated that film. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that that we didn't have much to talk about because it was just boring. God awful. Ugh. Next week, Ooh. we'll be making up for a short episode where we have a double episode week. Wow. On... Tuesday, we will be discussing the modern horror classic, The Cabin in the Woods. Ooh. Followed by, on the Friday, the 18th of August. All you horror nerds know what day that is. And for anyone who's not a horror nerd, I can inform you, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre Day. So we are now going to be discussing the entire franchise on Texas Chainsaw Massacre Day each year. Obviously, we've discussed the original and the remake already. So, go and listen to that in preparation. Uh, but, the, on Friday next week, we'll be discussing Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, which the trailer tells me is the most controversial horror film ever made. But then we'll have a lot to talk about, won't well, we? Well, I mean, there's a reason I haven't got its own episode. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be back same time, same place next week. Bye.